Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Hi, Steve. Hi, Wade. Um, Thank you for having me. Hey, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. (laughs) Thank, thanks for coming. Yeah, no, I'm at your house, and the dogs are asleep. Do your dogs go to sleep like that every night? Or? Um, yeah, this is or did, pretty did, did Robin take them? No, no, they're, they're chilling there. Maybe she put something in the water is so they you know, been knocked out. Because Muddy, I guarantee you, he's right now barking at the grass blowing in the wind. Oh, no, these two are super chilled. Wow. Yeah. They're... Um, you can tell that by the weight they've put on, I think. <laughs> I'm just, I'm <laughs> little barrels. It's, it's like winter weight. It's you know, fine, guys. The one is a half a shot pay. I'm just going to claim that it's his genetics. <laughs> it's, a, it's in the genes. Yeah, I, I, think you, I think you're speaking French. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, first of all, just to get us started, tonight we are, we're here because we didn't record on Sunday. And that happens. Yeah. I'm not judging you, you know, or anyone else that might away, have fiddled with things. But we want to talk about... It, it's probably for the best that that recording didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, Derek said you didn't speak heresy or anything. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. He probably nodded off. He said that like there were two instances of five minutes of silence. Mm. Reflective time? Uh, just time for the Holy Spirit to do his yeah. thing, you know. It's, no, that's it's true. how you got to do it. We... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave it there. So we're talking about the Gospel of Mark mm. and uh, three themes that are totally unscientifically picked out by me for this are a king, mm-hmm. his kingdom, and that king calling us to follow him into his kingdom. Mm. Um, and I'm using loose language there because uh, I think Mark uses pretty loose language to talk about discipleship, mm-hmm. we very much see it as like, uh, or historically speaking, you know, it's often seen as like a decision and then I don't know what. <laughs> but in Mark's gospel, you know, it's a decision to turn away from something. It's a turn, a decision to leave something. It's an action to leave something. Sometimes it doesn't even seem like a decision's been made. We don't have the, like, the thinking of the person following mm-hmm. him. They just follow. Yeah. Whether that means leaving things behind or staying where they're mm-hmm. at or being healed or whatever it is. Sometimes no real conclusion. Yeah, no real at conclusion all. at all. So um, a king, his kingdom, and a, a call to discipleship yeah. or a call to follow him into that kingdom. So that is kind of where I've started us. But this past week, you picked up preaching for me because I'm being lazy. I tried to. I tried to. Okay. No, I think you did it. You preached. You preached. Yeah, no, it, and it was, it was good. It's uh, nice to, you know, be in the preacher's seat. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting to, you know, see what that feels like. And uh, it's just a, yeah, it's a whole different perspective, I think, that you gain when you come to the text with that in mind, that you're going to be looking into it. And now instead of just sitting reading it for yourself um, and that's where it would end is now you have to try and bring it to someone else to, to show them like what you've got out of it. Yeah. So it's um, a really good learning um, curve for me just to interact with the text on yeah. that level. Cause I've done a lot of sermon prep in the past and that kind of thing, but um, yeah, I didn't really preach it much. Yeah. Um, no, it is good. weird. It's almost like you have to, I was describing it to Finnegan the other day cause he said, Hold on, Dad. You learn when you're preparing to preach, mm. and I said, "Well, yeah, no, that's all I'm doing. Actually, I'm just learning." <laughs> so and tell someone else. exactly like I'm just like a big dam up there, and there's only so much that people can swallow. Mm. So it's just the overflow of what's coming out of me. There's a lot of depth behind what I'm saying, mm. but it's almost like uh, there's only so much that I can say, yeah, or repeat. Yeah. I like that. I think that's when when I read Mark, sort of as a whole. Um, and if you, I think if you had to sit, uh, take like a one sitting and read through the whole thing, mm. um, I think you'd get that kind of feeling from what he 
was doing when he wrote it feels like there's just so much that he's saying, mm. but a lot of it he's just saying so fast that it's just to <laughs> get through this um, in, in a way, but you know, just like not really drilling down a lot of the details, um, yeah. but also at the same time, just covering so much stuff. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Which is really cool. I, I love this gospel. Yeah. Definitely one of my, of the four, I think probably second favorite. Oh, ooh. Ooh, why? What happened? Luke. I, I just love Luke. That's yeah. true. Well, maybe it's the details. Just, yeah, it's just there's something about it. Huh? Yeah. He's, uh, he's an investigator. Mm. Maybe that's it. Maybe it is. You're an investigator. Here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of you, though, Steve, mm. uh, who are you? So I'm Steve Osmond. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh man, what to say about myself? Um, married to Robin, <laughs> we've been married. Oh, there's so four much years. to say. So much. I feel like four I have years. to pick and choose. Okay, yeah, four right. years. Yeah, November seventh will be four years. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna write that down. Man. Yeah, that auspicious occasion. Yeah. And you guys do anything special for number four? Well, we're actually going to be up in Johannesburg at the end of this oh, month, and that'll kind of roll into that. So we haven't got anything. Land as yet, but so what? Like a month of preaching, and then you're you're looking for a job elsewhere. Yeah, is that what's happening? You're saying I have, you know, I have a month of preaching experience. No. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I've been uh, <laughs> down in Hermanus for two years this month, actually. Yeah. Wow, pretty interesting place. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> um, Series, maybe. Now, hold on. What do you do, though, Steve? Because I find what you do to be hyper-interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one at the moment. It's um, quite a broad role. Uh, I think my... So job on, on my job card, it's general manager. But that's okay. of a, a specialist veterinary consultancy that consults in the aquaculture sector, specifically, or mostly anyway, uh, concerning abalone, abalone. Um, or abalone, yeah. if you're from down under. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. We do a lot of technical work. We you know play with abalone and um, do a bunch of. Uh, do they play catch or do they? Yeah, well, we play catch. You play yeah. catch yeah. with the abalone. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna look yeah. at my job. They can get quite big. Yeah, they can get yeah. it. Um, yeah, really big. Yeah, weird things. So I, I never saw myself doing this. It didn't really. It wasn't a, this intentional plan to do it. Um, came down from Joburg to pick up a role as a water quality um, specialist, um, and it kind of just morphed its way into this role of uh, managing this practice. And it's been really good. I've learned a ton. I've met some really good people. I've been stretched learn, learning how to manage people uh, here and there as best as I can. Yeah. Um, so it's been really good. I think um, for me what's been really cool from a Christian perspective is that um, being in the workplace and especially managing people and how that is a opportunity for discipleship. Yeah. Um, just thinking about the text of Mark this week and him calling the disciples, and that was kind of something that tied in nicely with where I am, like being a disciple sent out by Jesus uh, into the workplace and, uh, am I actually viewing it as that? Is that a mission field that I can go into? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's interesting because I feel like, and I remember at the bakery that I worked at last, you really do get the sense that you have the opportunity to shepherd people. Mm. So like, for instance, when people come to church, they come with a mask on. Um, and if someone's hung over, they're going to pull it out for a couple of hours yeah. so that you don't know that they're hungover. Mm. Whereas when people pour into work on a Monday or a Wednesday <laughs> and their eyes are bloodshot and they're cranky, yeah. you know exactly what's up. Yeah. And um, you have that opportunity to say like, hey, what were you doing last night? Yeah, maybe <laughs> so not the true. best time to do it. Yeah. right? And it, you're actually kind of taking this person, like walking beside them and saying... Like what are your cho- like what choices are you making and mm. is this good for the company and that's the way you need to be thinking. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I think especially you know, be it your workplace, be it uh, a club that you 
see people regularly, whatever. Um, if it's someone that you see regularly, eventually um, there will be a uh, inroads to a conversation. Yeah. Uh, there'll, there'll be something that they maybe are wrestling with or confused with or they'll have a struggle in their life and suddenly there's that open door and I'm just seeing more and more how being in the workplace like that, uh, you really can bring the gospel to someone uh, really in the moment where they need it yeah. and would receive it where maybe they wouldn't. Maybe someone who you just wouldn't get in the doors yeah, yeah. of the church. Um, I think that's, yeah, for me, something that uh, a lot of Christians, I don't think, uh, remember yeah. when they're going to whatever their context is, be it work or, or um, social, know, social or, yeah. sports clubs, whatever. Um, but yeah, totally. The more you're with someone, that, that mask that you mentioned, the, they just don't have the opportunity to keep it up as long. Yeah. And eventually you, you just get to know someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm noticing anyway. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And now, uh, so not to uh, try to put you on the spot with this, but you and Robin, I'm thinking through everyone, are probably the most well-educated people at at church. In fact, you are the most well-educated people at church. Maybe on paper. On paper. (laughs) But they give degrees away nowadays. Yeah, no, that's true. But Robin, she's smart. Oh, so smart, man. Yeah, mm. I want. Um, mm-hmm. I got a side eye out for her. Mm. I don't know what she's thinking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but, so you studied uh, aquaculture? No, I, I no, studied you study? um, a master's degree in zoology, specifically oh, ecotoxicology. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and that was good fun. Um, yeah, it was good fun. It sort of put me in, I suppose, good enough stead to. Get land this job that I've got now. Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah, it was interesting. Good. I love the sciences. I love research, investigation, as you mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, yeah, there's just something I love that 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 whole process, that whole framework of trying to solve things. I like fixing things. Yeah, um, which yeah. leads us to what you're studying now. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. in a sense, it is a science, right? Yeah, definitely. I think. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, just about halfway through my master's in um, apologetics, which includes a lot of uh, philosophy and biblical theology, systematic theology. Uh, that's through the Southern Evangelical Seminary in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, so it's an online course, fully online. Um, and it's, yeah, challenging. It's a, I mean, if you've, uh, uh, maybe for as long as I did, in being in the sciences uh, in that faculty and exposed to that and only that, and now really being exposed to a lot of the philosophy side of things, yeah. um, it really stretches you. Mm. Um, and I think it's brilliant. I think everyone should read a little bit of philosophy. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got to pick and choose and um, be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a brilliant tool to sharpen the mind and um, really put you in a better state to understand, even just understanding the Bible. Yeah. It really, it does help. Obviously, um, you know, that's talking specific kinds of philosophy. But yeah, sure. Yeah, logic. Logic is logic just the most reason, yeah. um, useful tool. Um, yeah, I feel like the majority of philosophy that I run into, I wouldn't say I purposefully read philosophy. Right? And so whatever I run run into kind of, takes me down the path of becoming a, a nihilist. So. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to be careful. Got, yeah, that was pretty much my my idea of what philosophy was yeah. until I actually started uh, reading more sort of classical apologetics, or, um, okay. classical uh, philosophy, Thomistic. Uh, okay. If anyone you know, listening wants, wants to know sort of more what I'm speaking about specifically, it would be Thomistic, uh, like Thomas Aquinas, you read mm-hmm. his stuff um building off aristotle and um plato it's uh really really interesting stuff i was actually just reading a bit of a biography on uh thomas and here's the thing that struck me about him i always pictured him uh not to not to make fun of him i'm being serious but i i always kind of pictured him as kind of an effeminate like slender person <laughs> But like, I guess he actually was quite burly. It seems and like got it. made fun of for having yeah. a giant head yeah. and things like those, <laughs> and I'm like goofy well. ears. And yeah. so, yeah. I um, 
it, it makes me it actually makes me like him more to think that because you know you see like Augustine he's pictured with like a very trim beard and that like see that uh, I don't know what I think it's just that yeah, Roman haircut got, you know what I'm he saying looks like he's got it together a yeah bit. he's got it together yeah, he's cool I, whereas I see Thomas maybe in his uh, like cellar yeah. office writing yeah. and going insane at the same time <laughs> but also really giving us a beautiful picture uh, deepening our understanding of who God is at the same time no? yeah from the little bits that I've read on his life it just seems like this guy I mean IQ must have been off the charts yeah. and I, I think yeah maybe that's why the big head but hey that's <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> no, really interesting stuff. Actually, when I got a bit more time, I want to read up more just on his, his life. It seems yeah, like a really interesting guy. Um, yeah, and he yeah. seems like he didn't start off as a um, what would you what would you say um, uh, proper Christian? Could we say? No? Yeah, that's the word sure. Looking for here, but yeah, it seems um, and, and that sort of led him down the path of you know refuting a lot of other guys. Yeah, um, but yeah, interesting man. All right, Steve. So we've covered who you are, what you do. Um, when did you become a Christian? Ooh, um, so when I was 17, I was at a, a youth event. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really clear moment for me of hearing a, a really um, just clear gospel presentation. And that for the first time was for me to actually understand uh, in a way that I hadn't really heard it before yeah. and at that point I said like yes this is uh, this is something I, I need and want uh, in, in a way uh, but it was only a good few years after that uh, when I was 22 23 that I would say I really became a born again Christian okay. and that that felt like it was um, God really just did a, a work there um, and my your life really took a big turn at that stage okay. I think it was 20, 23 Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, what am I? Thirty-one now. So, yeah, a couple of years. And you got your first after that kind of yeah. Uh, what you got your first taste of ministry, really? Yeah, I did in uh, two thousand and fourteen. Okay. I started working at uh, BBC Branson Bible Church. Uh, went there as a sort of as an intern for a preaching pastoral role. And that was just really, really cool experience. I ended up spending two years at the church, um, sort of halfway through my internship. It became more of a uh, paid full-time position. And then the year after that was a full-time post yeah. that I had there. And that was just really uh, informative and helped form me, I think, as a Christian in terms of figuring out what it is I uh, believe and, and really seeing firsthand just what ministry can be all about. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it wasn't like wasn't pretty. I'm not saying like, oh, ministry. <laughs> a lot of it was like eye opening. Being like, oh my goodness, this is this is hectic. People are messy, man. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, you got acquainted with the Gospel of Mark there as well. I did. Um, they were going through, and at that stage, just starting um, a preaching series on the Gospel of Mark that took. A long time. I forget uh, specifically how many weeks it was, but it, it was a long time. There were a few series, other series that were put in between that. Um, but that was really cool, being able to go through gospel. Um, and at that stage, I was aiding in sermon prep. Okay. Um, so I was helping the a few of the pastors there uh, help them sermon prep. I would just go through things and um, yeah, give them as much as I could mine out of it, really. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Just you know start to end going through the gospel um, with a more sort of critical eye trying to dig deep yeah um, and I learned a ton yeah it was really cool the um, I in a, in a much different setting I, I feel like and maybe I'm wrong about this but I feel like probably at BBC you were much more deadline oriented in getting things in or um, yeah, did you work ahead often or was it like, okay, this week we need this? <laughs> um, a, a bit of both, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So bigger sort of over, like overarching structure wise. Uh, I think we started, uh, I started prepping for it. Uh, it was a, probably about three, two or three months before the, the okay. series started. Okay. But that was more just getting acquainted with it, sort of, you know, getting 
a handle on the book as a whole. And yeah, then obviously week to week, depending on who the preacher was, what had happened the week before, what else was going on at the church, if there were events or you know anything that had yeah. to be done, then you know a bit of time pressure here and there. But um, tried to get it about at least two weeks okay. ahead, if okay. possible. Sometimes a bit of a scramble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I feel like. Um, and and how much of what you did there actually got used? <laughs> oh, that you know that's a good question. <laughs> You, you know the phrase, you know, having bullets in the gun. Okay. You know, you, so a lot of it, I think, was having bullets in the gun, whether they ever got fired out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, if nothing else, um, and I think I'm maybe seeing this with a bit of pre- preparation that I've done for preaching now, to have someone else available, if there's something that you are reading through and you see something, you want to follow that rabbit trail. If you had someone else and you say to them, hey, don't you want to just like follow up on this and that? Yeah, yeah. To have them be able to spend the time, do that and bring it back to you where yeah. you don't have to maybe do that legwork um, and then have that with you. Uh, but also just to have another brain yeah. uh, to come with a different perspective. And maybe a lot of the time that's really just what I would try and do is just bring a different perspective and try and help up whoever it was who was preaching, yeah, um, yeah. help them prepare, basically be an aid to them in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so whether it got used or not, I think even if the, in the process it was just an aid. That's what I love, actually. Uh, I don't know. When I was studying 1 Peter uh, for our 1 Peter series, I I was reading a lot more commentaries than I am currently. So I did a lot of prep prior to the Gospel of Mark series. Whereas with 1 Peter, I was just keeping up week to week. And I was reading a ton of commentaries. And my brain was just like flopping out of my head. So honestly, during that series, not that I'm saying that I was doing the best job ever with one Peter, but there week to week, I didn't look at the passage and think, Oh, this is another direction I could have gone with it. Whereas now being in Mark and trying to limit my focus each week, I have that where, this would be a really good thing to touch on and this would be, and this would be, and it just shows at least in my mind anyway, the, the diversity of the text Mm. and how diverse the teaching of the text can be as well. Um, With still always getting back to the original focus, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. I think this week specifically, um, I came at the text with a application heavy kind of focus. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just felt that that's um, the way um, I wanted to really take it. But I, I really, you know, I do hear you on that. It's even different times you come and you read, just reading for yourself, and and you can really just pick up different things that are highlighted in different ways on the day. Yeah. Um, and I think if you had to say. Okay, prepare a sermon on Mark, um, whichever chapter, and then well, as soon as you finished it, okay, start again, prepare another sermon on that same passage, <laughs> yeah, um, but make it different. I think that would you, you'd probably find you could come up with several legitimately like true to the text good oh, yeah. sermons. Um, yeah, and yeah. so like, how many verses did you have this week? I don't do math, oh, but if I did do math, good few, twelve. Uh, what was it? Seven to nineteen. Yeah. So. 12, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing like five verses, mm. but if I were to do 10 verses or 12 verses, yeah, no, that would totally change the way mm. the sermon is structured. Yeah. I just have to be brave enough to do yeah. it too. Yeah. Hey, do you want to, do you want to read the passage? From yeah, passage? for sure. For sure. Okay. I've got a, and you got some good words in here to read. Oh man. This is, I felt like a real dummy on Sunday twisters. cause I practiced yeah. it and I, <laughs> I still, I got to the Sons of Thunder oh, bit. Oh, man, it's the best. <laughs> you, the key is to read it like you're Hispanic. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we are in uh, Mark chapter 3, <laughs> verse 7 to 19, reading from the ESV. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed, from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon. 
When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, and have authority, and cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> it works. It works well. It worked. That is, sons of thunder, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Sure. That's it. Okay, there, first of all, there's some pretty like hard-hitting stuff in these couple of verses. The first of which is, lest they crush him. Yeah, that's... Um, I mean, that would have been anticlimactic. That, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a, a, a strange end. <laughs> Just wouldn't have worked. No, that oh, wouldn't man. have no, but it it is quite something, and one of the things that I um, I thought it kind of struck me was, you know, what is ministry success? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, <laughs> if, if people want to crush so it, yeah, okay. so many people are coming that you're just going to be like, you know, squashed up against the wall of your pulpit. Mm-hmm. Do you think then, Peter uh, ever walked around saying, "Jesus, you're crushing it"? <laughs> no, they're crushing us. Boom! Oh man, uh, what, what else? This, I suppose, has been used as a um, a, uh, a motivation for the pastor having a boat. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a getaway boat. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, no, but that, yeah, that a um, yacht. I mean, for a, us, a it would be a yacht oh, here in Hermanus. A nice yacht. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, that's good. A very seaworthy whale-watching mm. vessel. Um, another strange thing about the passage. Well, one. Judas, who betrayed him. Hmm. I mean, there's no hiding it. It's pretty straight. Yeah. The uh, is it in in Matthew? It says uh, who became the traitor. Oh, is the end of it. Yeah. I think it's Matthew. Now, uh, who wrote this book? Sorry, this, I'm, this I'll ask you that question. <laughs> our little friend John Mark. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you think do you think that it's coming from Peter though too, or well, am I making that up? Does it matter? I I think it if if you take it as that now this I mean you can sort of segue into a a, a multi episode series on uh, you know which gospel <laughs> came first yeah. yeah okay and authorship yeah. yeah but um I think if I read it with this idea that Mark was preaching uh, Mark, Mark was writing of Peter's preaching uh, the idea for me sits pretty well. If I'm looking at the length of Mark, the mm-hmm. punchiness of Mark, the mm-hmm. the quick movement, um, the the repetition of certain types of phrases, it, yeah. you know, if I was looking at this as okay, this is something that someone else has structured as a uh, perhaps a series of talks that they give me, it it does make sense. Uh, whether if if it means that this is exactly penned every single right. word, you know, maybe not. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it helps maybe with the explanation of why it's so short and punchy and moves yeah. so quickly. It reads like a preach. Yeah. I mean, you could just true. get up and read this. Yeah. Um, make a couple of points. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what you're doing this week. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm just going to get up and read and say, okay, here's your one point, go <laughs> That's good. Um, what else do we need to see in this passage? Oh man! Um, or you can go into so to what you did on Sunday too. That's yeah. fun too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, that section. So verses seven to twelve. Um, the one thing that I think would pop up uh, as a question from people is why does Jesus order the demons not to make him known? Now I know this; <laughs> it, it, it comes up quite a few times, yeah. uh, and I can't remember if you've. I've only mentioned it once. Yeah. Um, 
So that, that for me, when I first started reading the Bible, you know, that whole messianic secret. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, what is that? Is it, do, and what a cool am I allowed phrase. to believe in that? What, yeah. what is that? It sounds strange, yeah. <laughs> um, so two points that I, I made of that was, well, one, only as far as I can tell from the reading I've done, only the emperor was to be worshipped as God. So if you okay. had to have that claim made about you, or if you made that claim, you'd swiftly sort of be snuffed out or, you know, people wouldn't see you again. You'd probably be locked up. Um, and the other was that Jesus' time to reveal that had not yet come. Mm-hmm. Um, which, But but we can see uh, in the verse, in verse, um, ooh, where is it? In the section just before this, um, where, you know, there's the Sabbath mm-hmm. controversy and immediately after that, the, the Pharisees start plotting to kill him. Yeah, that's right. That, that ties in with that, for me, that um, that still, that keeping that messianic secret um, a secret. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, just delaying what the Pharisees were doing, because, you know, if Jesus had come out right then and started proclaiming what he was, then, then or who he was, then idea being that the Pharisees would have done something a lot yeah. sooner. Um, so I think that's, um, it's a, it's, it's actually a simple answer, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he did, he got in a boat and he withdrew, right? I mean, is it, do, can we, can we take anything from this? Is there, or is it just that it wasn't his time yet? He didn't need to get crushed and he didn't need to get revealed mm. by, <laughs> by, uh, by demons. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the idea of Jesus withdrawing, um, from this text, it doesn't, in the way that I think it's, it does come up in other parts of the gospel, um, is a bit different to what we see here. It's Jesus withdrew from uh, being in the, and around the synagogues and he withdrew to the, the wilderness. Yeah, right. But there is that idea of Jesus withdrawing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, is that being away? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you had to look at um, Matthew's gospel, where just before he... Um, comes to select the 12 disciples there he definitely you know withdrew by yeah. himself he went up the mountain to pray yeah um, and i think there is something definitely to be gleaned from that yeah. um jesus himself speaks pretty flatly about how we should pray and that i think inherently there, there's um this idea of withdrawing to be by yourself um yeah with the father which yeah definitely was part of this although mark doesn't they explicitly say it. Yeah, it's weird, yeah, I don't know why he left that. I think it's a pretty good detail. Yeah, it just says, and he went, to, uh, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. Yeah. Where Matthew states that you know he went up for the night before and he prayed, and then when he came back, he then called. Yeah. Uh, then. Now I presume that on Sunday you went hyper Calvinistic with this. And said uh, that he called those whom he desired. You know, and he appointed twelve, right? Is that what you did? Some may take the passage there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying no. it wouldn't have accidentally but, slipped out of my but, lips, but I. I so you know, <laughs> obviously, I, I was going to make this illustration, but I didn't. Okay. Um, when I was at university, I did botany in first year. Okay. And um, I wasn't very good with flowers. Okay. So. Naming things after flowers still just doesn't sit that well with me. <laughs> <laughs> and if that goes over your head, just leave it there. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, kind of. But this. So my main point from verse seven all the way through to nineteen. Uh, I think the recurring thing that we see. Okay, maybe not seven to twelve, but definitely thirteen to nineteen was that God calls disciples respond mm. and. If you're going to look at, you know, the doctrine of salvation, what soteriology looks like, uh, a lot of guys, I think, do use this passage to launch into those, which is fine. I think you you can, in a way, you could chew on it. it. It's a yeah, it's a springboard. <laughs> um, but what I see, like blatantly, is that, and and you've preached this already in Mark, it's that God initiates, God calls first. You don't go to seek Him first. This is God calling and there is that element of you must respond and that's where I left it you can sort of you know the different uh, interpretations or 
soteriological systems around that, I think either of those uh, or different sort of spectrums would, I think, should, at, just from preaching the text, that is yeah. what you would see. Yeah, they would accommodate that. Yeah, and I mean, with this isn't uh, this isn't Paul writing or yeah, yeah, like the writer that. of Hebrews writing, right? <laughs> yeah. This is this is Mark, and yeah. that's where he yeah. left it. Yeah. So that's where we and, leave it. And, and I like that. Um, I think yeah, that was a lot of what I in terms of the application heaviness, if you will. Um, it's God does something, and because of what God has done, there is something that you must do. There's yeah. a way that you must respond, um, and and it's not. It's not a work. It's not a thing that he's now left you to do. It's he's involved with it. He's called you to something. He, uh, yeah, I've got those four points. He calls. He communes. He sends, and he equips. Yeah. Um, and I really, I think I see that here. Um, yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, and he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles. Lots of foreshadowing going mm-hmm. on in this passage, so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons, kind of tacked on there at the end. But I find this super interesting uh, because the three things that Jesus has been doing so far is he's been preaching, he's been healing, and he's been casting out demons. Now, we do know that later on, uh, after Pentecost, the disciples or the apostles at this Mm -hmm. point go around healing um, and yet we see here that there's two things they're going to be set out to do, to preach and to cast out demons, both of which they're going to do. Um, but in this, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, we already begin to see the formation of kind of what the mission of the church is, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. So they're, they're casting out evil. Darkness is dispersing. Light is coming. Um, later on, healing. We could talk about responsibility that's given to us uh, or that we have because of the gospel to look at the meeting of physical needs, all that kind of stuff later on. But right here, we're seeing that they're being sent out to preach. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, obviously, so there's that, that call that God has in. What really, really stands out for me probably um, the most is the the way that Jesus is here he you see these these human or these just you know the human elements um, of you know Jesus um, in in that as much as he has just healed you know off the back of the healing of the Sabbath and all that which is just these clear demonstrations of the deity yeah. of Jesus then off the back of that he's he he desired these disciples. That's very much like, and I don't think that's this sort of aloof, weird kind of you know desire that only God can have. It's um, the way that you would desire to be with someone. Yeah, I think that's what I'm seeing here. So he has that, and then later it's um, which verse do we have here? But he calls them to be with him. Yeah. Um, and that's that's first he called them to be with him, so that, um, and this idea of Jesus calling you to be with him is, I think, really really cool. Like he, yeah. he wanted them to be around him. Yes, for that purpose of you know equipping them so that they could then go and carry out what it what it was that he wanted them to do. But that kind of just stood out for me as something that I think you can easily skip over. You can be like, Jesus called me, so I must go and do this thing. It's like, whoa, you know, he called you to be with him. Too. Yeah, yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. Sometimes maybe we just need to pause a few moments and just dwell in that and yeah. remember that before you can or should go out and do things, which you are definitely called to do. Sure. You just commune with Jesus and join yeah. him through his word, through prayer, through just times of meditation on the word, you know. Yeah. It's good. No, it's so true, and I feel like even um, people so often very simply look at their call uh, to salvation, and they say, well, good, now I get to go to heaven, right? But realistically, I think what we're seeing here, too, is that Jesus is calling us to enter into his kingdom with him. Like, Mm -hmm. we're actually going to be with him. 
right? It's not, you're right. It's not this aloof thing where, okay, now you're in this safe place and on Jesus is off doing his own thing. It's like, no, we're, we're going to be with him. Mm. And even in the midst of where these disciples soon to be apostles are at now, like they should be wanting to be with him as well. Like this is going to be a mutual thing. Yeah, I like that. There's, uh, let me just grab this. Uh, I was reading through a commentary just now. I'll tell you the name of um, who it was. But um, so, so he's going through this commentary. He's just talking about um, you know this passage. And it says, However, before they would be ready to preach the good news, they had to spend time with Jesus and learn to pattern their lives on him. That's good. If we do not follow their example, our preaching will be like loudspeakers blaring meaningless propaganda. <laughs> I really like that. I'll tell you who wrote this section. Let me just jump ahead here. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love right now? The way the microphone's picking up the pages turning, mm-hmm. and it's like um, it's like people know how smart we are. Then yeah, we have we're just like we, swimming in books, right? We've here. got books. Oh man, we've yeah. got books. <laughs> What's this dude's name? Alan Cole. And, and this uh, commentary oh, Cole. is okay, yeah. the new Bible commentary. I don't know much about Alan Cole. Hopefully he's... Um, yeah, he writes that uh, that Tyndale. Oh, cool. um, okay. one, the one that I sent you nice. as well. Nice. Not the one that I... I didn't send you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that was good. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Right. Um... I think it's um, the next few verses um, that we'll be preaching this week. You know, it, you can't separate them. It goes straight into it. As uh, verse twenty talks about, uh, then he went home, and the crowd gathered so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went to seize him, for they were saying he is out of his mind. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I was in two minds of whether I should try and tack this on to the end. Yeah. Of, and, and I think the point to make is that. True discipleship. If you're living that out, people are going to look at your life and be like, "You're crazy." Like, yeah. there's something about you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know. And um, so that's a good, uh, I suppose, dipstick test. Yeah, <laughs> people are asking you what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're probably doing something right. Hopefully, although yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not too. That's true. Yeah, it depends on who's asking the question. Yeah, depends on what you're doing exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited for this passage. Uh, mostly because in any time I read the word Beelzebub, I think of Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> by Queen. Um, and so maybe that'll be like our intro song this totally, week. Totally, yeah. yeah. You can have it playing as I walk in. I'll be wearing my <laughs> shiny white preacher suit this week. Snakes can Yeah, no, I mean, you should. well, no, I mean, if we're going to do Queen, you should wear like, uh, a, yeah. like a leotard. Mm, going to have to cut the back off and, uh, <laughs> No one is coming. <laughs> Although it doesn't have the same kind of appeal when you have a lapel mic, you know. <laughs> we'll give you a fake prop mic. Nice. Yeah. nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. yep. <laughs> all right. Well, Steve, that's all I. I you're the preacher here. I think. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, we could get into, um, you know, looking at the names of the 12 and you can compare the different gospels and look at. Um, I, I really do find it very interesting that the, these, uh, what do they call them, three quartets of names. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way that it's described. Um, and each gospel does that. Um, I haven't dug into it too much. Um, I think it's, for as a Bible study thing, that would be uh, definitely something that I'd like to pry into a little bit more. And then also uh, Bartholomew. No, not Bartholomew, sorry, Thaddeus. Yeah, uh, Thaddeus is here named Thaddeus and Mark, but in Matthew and Luke, is okay. he Ju- uh, Judas, brother of oh, okay. James, I think. So right. different name, um, which as a apologetic point, you know, guys can come and say, "Ah, you see, there were twelve <laughs> dis- twelve disciples, but in one gospel, it's the one dude's got this name, and then the other two he's got some other names. So therefore, your manuscripts have problems." Yeah, um, it was interesting yeah. because two weeks ago. Um, when I preached and there was that historical discrepancy between high priests. Mm, yes, yes. And so kind of the easy explanation is that 
after the one high priest got killed and there was only one survivor, that one survivor was his son who became the high priest. Um, but then, interestingly enough, I told you I was listening to that podcast with uh, Bart Ehrman. Yes. And he said that when he was translating the Gospel of Mark, that's basically what made him lose his faith. <laughs> Which so, kind of seems so like... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I read up on that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seeing as you put it out there, I think it's a, it's a good thing. And um, Norman Geisler has a, and Norman Geisler and Thomas Howe have a book, uh, The Big Book of Bible Difficulties. Okay. How do you recommend it? It's cool. Um, and there they talk about ages. Uh, we don't use this kind of terminology nowadays anymore. We don't, you know, we, when we use a name of someone, uh, we really mean specifically that person at that time, but mm-hmm. you could have had this um, longer age where it's linked more to, like you say, if someone's son or in the it, in the time of, um, is it um, Abiathar? Yeah, yeah, one of the, I got Abiathar, the two mixed up actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't say it right I, when I, I said I don't it. Know so. if I'm even saying it. I might be. I might have a totally different name right now. I, I think that was from yeah. Lord of the Rings. No, I'm no, joking. Saruman's <laughs> son, you know, Abiathar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, the, to say that it's more like a time period in the time when he ruled. Now, is that yeah. you know while um, David was young or was when he was older? It's like did it you know, transverse transect the, the time period? It's um, yeah, apparently they used to use names a little differently yeah. back then, or to describe time periods, you could, yeah. you could do that. Which I find interesting because, and I I think it's even interesting in Mark's gospel, the way he deals with time, and you know, he's always saying immediately, immediately, mm. immediately, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like all the events are linear, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. that one thing necessarily came immediately. Yeah. It says, you know? and immediately, what he means, like three days later. Yeah, yeah, or like after 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> and so you look at it and you're like, well, clearly he's speaking in African time right oh, now. Oh, yeah, we know all about it. Maybe that's why we, you know, just resonate. Which maybe the whole Abathar debate, I mean, that's really what it well, is. There's no debate in Africa. Yeah, we all know what he means. <laughs> exactly, man. Guys <laughs> over yeah. on your continent there. He's a cousin. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cousin, which means that <laughs> his mother used to be the neighbor mm. of the grandmother yeah. of his best friend. Yeah, but we're cousins. But cousins. Yeah. We're like cousins. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, Steve, I, I feel like we've we've hit... Um, what, anything left over from the sermon this weekend? Anything um, you need to talk about? Here I'm. I'm going to say your points. Can yeah, I, or yeah. you, you. You say. There, there's one point at the end. I think that I close it, okay. which is, and we didn't touch on this. Which okay. I mean, we could be here now if we leap into this for another like hour. People which aren't going to like that now. Who the apostles are, and okay. just how, unextraordinary they are. Yeah. The, um, and you know, anyone who's sort of read a gospel will know that these guys aren't. There's not. This isn't a sterling report of how awesome they were. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> when it ends with. Judas, who yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah, he, it's pretty clear with him. <laughs> you can't sort of teeter on that one, but it, it's not like you know after Jesus was uh, crucified and put in the tomb, it it's not like all the apostles got together and you know charged down to defeat the God. You know yeah. they yeah. all fled and left the woman to do it. Um, yeah, these guys are. It, it's quite a funny crew, but point for me is these are. Ordinary people, God called ordinary people. He used ordinary people, and I, yeah, from what I read in Scripture, firmly believe He still does that today. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here. Yeah, yeah, we're sitting here when the intelligent person is in the next room. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah, she didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, so, is there anything that we're missing thus far in Mark's gospel? And and basically, what I'm asking you to do is to call me, call me out on things that I've left out, or, I mean, we've already talked about places where we could go deeper. Yeah, I, I suppose it all depends on yeah you know, the sort of approach um, that you want to take. I mean, we we could take a more John MacArthur approach and do like two verses mm. and spend like an hour on each of those. Which I mean, you legitimately well, he he's skilled enough to do that. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but also I think at the, the sort of pace we're going to get through the book, um, 
I think we're doing well. I think we're, well, hopefully we haven't committed any heresies just yet. But. I don't think we've committed heresies. We do want the majority of our congregation to still be alive. That is true. By the time we get through <laughs> the Gospel true. of Mark. That is true. Um, Which is why, you know, do 12 <laughs> verses as a Exactly. I mean, one Peter was 18 weeks, but everyone was younger back then, <laughs> including oh, myself. Oh, and it aged us. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh it was great. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah, so next week we're looking at uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Oh, mm. This week, rather. This up Sunday coming. That's pretty and, serious. Uh, yeah, and Jesus' mother and brothers where he asks, um, you know, who who is my mother, who is my brother? Um, not something you should ask your mother, though. No, no, this is not a Mother's Day message. Don't, right yeah, don't make that the like the application. <laughs> <laughs> Application point number three. Who is your mother? <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, looking forward to it. Okay, good. And uh, Steve, I, I don't know about you or about anyone else involved in this whole podcasting process, but I enjoyed this. Mm, this is fun. This is past my bedtime. This is good. Mine too. No, not really. Mine. Yeah, dude, I, I know it's not past your bedtime. I linger. Well, I need to get up. What are you going to do after we're done with this? Oh, that's a good question. I'll, you know, probably go and look at more um, YouTube videos. Okay. But. That's where your real flowers. education takes yeah. place. It is true, actually. Yeah. You know. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just going to call it a night. Okay. All right, man. Well, then, uh, signing off, this is Wade and Steve. Thanks for listening, and remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.